The swap without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast. Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tooney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to MASH Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film, One Minute at a Time. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Thomas Howarth. Hi, Thomas! Hello. He signed into cast as Rockbiter, which has given me all the like, oh, remember Rockbiter? <laughs> I do indeed, I do. It'd be weird if you didn't, given that we did 94 episodes on it. <laughs> Actually more, because the interview is an extra. For those listening, Thomas and I did The NeverEnding Minute at NevEndMin. N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. Not that I had to say that five million times and always hesitated. And that's out. You can listen to the whole thing and you can listen to our interview with Tammy Stronach who played the childlike empress. Very, very, very happy about that episode. Oh, it was so great. She was so wonderful. So that's out there. You can go to moviesbyminutes.com and listen to everything. And one of those is Into the Night which is a Movies by Minutes where the hosts rotated instead of guests, and Megan and I were on it. Because a movie about Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer and Dan Aykroyd got my attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, what is this movie? I have to see it. So we had a lot of fun. That came out this spring, so if you want to take a listen to that, there's tons and tons of Movies by Minutes content, but there's also Minute 33 of MASH, which starts with... Like, not even a fraction of a section of, of Trapper John smiling. It starts with Henry fly fishing while the loudspeaker plays a music show. And it ends with Hawkeye getting coffee in the mess tent while the PA announces this week's movie. Now, is the PA person still radar? No. So no. we have Volmer played by David Arkin. <laughs> I always have to, I'm like, Arkins, they're, they're famous. It's a whole thing. <laughs> he and Boone kind of got folded into the Radar character for the show. Now, isn't Radar the same in the movie as he is on the TV show? Isn't it the same actor? It is the same actor, and the character is pretty much the same the first few episodes of the TV show. Okay. Arguably the first few seasons, but (laughs) he mellows as time goes by. Yeah, and then he, like, weirdly gets more innocent at one point, which kind of is weird. It went on and they needed it for story purposes. What they really should have tried to do was introduce a a boon, but all right, fine. I guess they'd already given enough of him to Radar that that would have been weird. Yeah, that's probably true. I adore Boone and Volmer was a character who made no impression on me when I watched this movie as a teenager, as a college kid, as a grad school kid starting to maybe not be referring to myself as a kid never made any impression on me doing this minute by minute he's so good in this movie and absolutely fabulous and he's great actually that's a really good point he does the announcements and then they play these shows that are supposed to be you know japanese radio radio tokyo the subtitles say man imitating japanese accent yes (laughs) 
is going on here? That's not what I thought was going on here. I mean, to be fair, I don't think this is a real radio show because the Achi Takamura Simuchiwa Bobcats are not a thing. Yeah. Those are just three Japanese words. Takamura is a name. Achi and, uh, what is it? Simuchiwa? Those are villages in Japan? I don't know if that's, like, where this is coming from, but I do think this was made for the movie. I'm just not sure, like, where where that line is. I wonder if they're trying to say that there's, it took three towns to make one team. (laughs) This is the regional high school uh, choral competition. They've come together. They had like two people in each each area and they had to join them together to to actually make a team. I love all these songs and they make me really sad that they're really hard to find the Japanese versions where they're, you know, these big band jazzy ones. I wish they were more readily available. Not just because I have parties where I want them for background music. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite. I I know the Navy doesn't have generals, but I figured you would get a nice chuckle out of it. Those generals have all the fun. Yeah, because they get to sit in, back in the States and watch football. Probably at the Army-Navy game or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hammond is in Japan. Is he in Korea? Is he in Seoul? Oh, um, is that the implication? Well, even if he's in Seoul, he's still having a better time. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's he's rear. De- he's no. in the rear. He is the rear. Well, in that case, rear action. In that case, are they lying here? Did they lie to the the phone guy? Because there's most likely not a football game in Seoul. There is. Is there? There is, there is. and there's going to be a football game in this movie. Yes, yeah. I remembered that. Yep. So. They play General Hammond's team, which he says has been in existence before the MASH team. Okay. And so the assumption is that he's watching this or or scoping out some competition maybe, but I get confused because I think in the TV show, General Hammond does exist and I wonder if he's supposed to be in Tokyo on the TV show and that's what I'm missing out. I think on the TV show he's in Tokyo. I'm very biased because my grandfather was in the Korean War without being in Korea. Because he was the meteorologist for an aircraft carrier. Uh. So I have no actual proof that he ever touched Korean soil at that point. He was based out of Japan, definitely. So that's why I get confused where I'm just like, yeah, Seoul, Tokyo, these are places that people were. But yeah, Henry's making himself comfy. Yeah, they do this interesting thing with the camera here where they shoot the scene super zoomed in. And I guess you're not supposed to realize that at first until it zooms out and then pans over. It's really weird because he's clearly fishing right. the whole time. I guess once he puts the button on it with his line, <laughs> then we can say, oh, this is ridiculous that he's fishing in a stream three miles from the front. <laughs> right. Well, Leslie, uh, is she reading a book? What is she doing? Um, yeah, she's just sort of sitting there and then she's moving her arm and I'm like, well, what are you, what are you rubbing? <laughs> what, are you... what I'm worried about is that Leslie is literally just sitting there watching him fish and that pisses me off. I want her to be reading. I need Leslie to have some goddamn agency at some point in this movie, please. <laughs> I think Ooh, she might be reading. What is she doing with that arm? Because that... There's a point before what his face comes up to yell at Blake yeah. that it looks like she had she's m- moving something with her left hand. 
Yeah. Because then she looks up, which is fair. Like, you would look up and right. be like, oh, what's going on? Is she just playing in the water? <laughs> no, I think she's on, I think she's on, like, ground. Yeah, it looks like she's too far over to be in the water. I thought she was, like, up on the, up on the edge. Yeah, I think she's up on the edge. Just barely. She washing laundry? No, because her other hand just kind of propped up, it looks like, on her knee. And it's just kind of like, you know, you put your hand on your knee and it's kind of dangling, so. Also, I haven't done it, but I would think washing laundry in a stream would take a lot more action and space up. (laughs) Just depends on how fast you want to get it done. (laughs) It really weirded me out. And at first I was like, is that Leslie? But it has to be. It has to be. be? Because why else? Who else would hang out with Blake like that? No one else would watch him fish. (laughs) I don't even know if she wants to watch him fish. I'm not into into fishing, but I get that some people are. But no one is into watching someone fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a little more character building for him. I have no idea what she's doing. I've watched it about 20 times now. (laughs) (laughs) Conspiracy theory, folks. What is Leslie up to? It's also weird that, like, she's kind of awkwardly framed by, like, sticks. I mean, if this were a more adult show, I could come up with some ideas, but... <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure we can see that her pants are still buttoned, so... That's as far as we it. can tell. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I, I can tell... I've never done that on the banks of a stream in Korea, but I'm guessing that you would see a little bit more flesh tones. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, you think, but having worked at a community college. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be discreet, you know? And also, well, having gone to a women's college and seen things in that library. <laughs> <laughs> and Thomas has totally derailed this podcast. <laughs> okay, here's a PSA on behalf of librarians everywhere. Just don't do it. Please don't have sex in libraries. Just, no, I don't care if it's so I understand low. some people are overcome with their love of books, but um, just don't. So libraries don't have a champagne room? I thought they did. Oh I actually, and I can't say who it is, so I'm not calling them out. People, we in, in a law school, there are study rooms, <laughs> and there were definitely people having sex in the study room. Can I because th- the idiots turned off the lights in the hallway outside it. <laughs> So I turned the lights back on, went on the door, and then left. I did not look to thing, see guys. who it was. I did not do anything beyond that, but... Um, no, I once had to tell some um, students that when they say get a room, they didn't mean a study room. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, stop making out, take her, take your hand out of her shirt, and get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm a Saturday librarian, and I'm not thrilled. Go away. <laughs> Go. <laughs> there isn't enough coffee in the world for me to deal with this. Thank Seriously. you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Clear all your weapon rounds before entering the library. Speaking of transitions, this is a great Robert Altman transition shot <laughs> to move right? between the scenes. Give me all your weapons before you come in the in the hospital, please. That'd be great. And yeah. the library. And the library. <laughs> I just I'm picturing. Because, you know, on cop shows, they always show them clearing their weapons. And so it's the angle of the of the shooting. 
Clear your weapon. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I just want to ruin this a little bit more before we move So I said clear your weapon before you go to the library. <laughs> anyway. All right. Robert Altman is a good filmmaker. I know I've given him some crap before on the show, but this whole zoom out on the fly fishing, pan over, watch Bandini struggle with matches. <laughs> yeah, really right. Move on, and now we are in the next scene. This is beautifully done and amazing and doesn't break and is so well set up, and I absolutely love it. I love that the officers get their own bathroom. Does that not usually happen? It does, but you, I mean, you're you're seeing these tents and everything. You, they couldn't have everything, but they do have their own bathroom. They still manage to have their and own And they bathroom. took the time to make the sign really nice. The latrine is that way. You know, it's important to put care into the things you love. <laughs> and knowing where the bathroom is, is probably pretty important to them. So I'm just now realizing the epicness of this shot, actually. Yeah. When you're watching the guy lighting a cigarette, the person yep. behind him way back in the background is the one carrying the dog that is yep. right in the next scene. Yep. Hawkeye has his dog. So um, we'll, we'll get there. I have to confess, I meant to look up if Bandini should have roll your own cigarettes in 1950 as opposed to 1969 when they were filming. And I completely forgot to to uh, Google that. But well. Couldn't you, like, pre-roll your cigarettes, though? You could. You could, but it's really... Annoying. It's ve- no, I no, don't know. I don't smoke. Look at Bandini's cigarette. It's very neat. Like, that absolutely looks like he opened a pack of Marlboros and put it in his mouth. It, it was just a little thing that bothered me because he has a lovely bit of busy work, and I don't get to talk about him very much. And yes, Hawkeye, Donald Sutherland, is carrying the puppy, and he goes over to the mess tent, and we get puppy kisses! Puppy kisses. Puppy kisses for Donald Sutherland. What kind of a dog is that? A mutt. A mutt. <laughs> a scruffy. A scruffer. <laughs> is it a wolf? Some kind of like carrier mix <laughs> thing going on there. Thomas, it's too small to be a wolf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly a scruffer. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, for, for those who haven't listened to the Never Any Minute yet... Tierney got a little confused about the word wolf and woof and dogs and they go woof and they look like wolves. And so there, there was a little conflating. And I loved big dogs. I, I, I'm trying not to be that inside, but there's just something about hearing your voice. I can't help it. <laughs> the wolf. <laughs> I have kind of always wanted to get a gray scruffy mutt of a dog and name it hooper so that when it's being really bad it can go hooper like the guy in jaws <laughs> a gray cat with the right attitude would also work well for that name anyway none of that has to do with the movie match <laughs> just in, in case you're wondering if my brain is always doing this yes, yes i have different names for different pets depending on their temperament and appearance <laughs> i'm not allowed to have pets in my current apartment but i'm ready <laughs> I'm like Sandra Bullock in the movie While You Were Sleeping, who always has her passport with her, so she's ready. Yes. All right. Puppy kisses for Hawkeye. I love it. What's my next note? Here are our beloved diner mugs in the mess tent. We see Painless drinking from just the best mugs. Like those diner mugs? Yeah. Did you find any reference librarianing about cigarettes in the 50s, or are you good? No, I didn't find anything okay. good. Just that the rolling machine came out in 1880. Okay. I mean, I know... Th- th- I mean, yeah. there have been commercial cigarettes and everything. I just... I wasn't sure if, like, roll your own... If that stopped being a big thing after 
World War II? No, and because the internet thinks I'm British, I got a lot of NHS sites <laughs> telling me about the dangers. Imagine of, um, why your browser would think you're British. Um, just, you know, being like, the UK would like you to know. <laughs> Fucking bad. Speaking of things, I do that. World War II, we have the biggest parade of laughs of World War II. Our next announcement is for the movie... When, when Willie Willy comes, comes marching, marching home. <laughs> yeah. So this is a real movie. They're going to say who it's starring, and they are correct in the next minute. It's a 1950 John Ford film. John Ford. It is a comedy. It's a war comedy, which is what poor 20th Century Fox thought they were getting with the movie MASH. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing about it, though, is it's being shown to all these guys that are overseas, and it's about a guy who joined wanting to go overseas, but didn't get to. Oops. It's Dan Daly, his character, enlist, wannabe hero, but is made an instructor and recruiter instead. There wasn't as much detail on a 1950 comedy, even directed by John Ford, as I thought there would be. One thing that caught my eye, though, is Dan Daly, the star, was also in the movie My Blue Heaven, also from 1950, starring Betty Grable. But because My Blue Heaven is kind of important to our podcast and MASH in general, I it caught my eye. I think it's interesting that in the trivia for that movie, it was an announced movie during the motion picture mash. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! Like a circle. <laughs> never ending. It's never ending. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, Thomas, you wouldn't know anything about movies being shown to military people overseas. I'd know you? a little bit about that. You wouldn't have a story about that. I that might. Maybe it's like famous in the movie five minute <laughs> podcasting community oh is you. it <laughs> <laughs> so what she's referring to is when I, when i was in the military which everybody loves to hear i was in the navy when the phantom menace came out and we were overseas and they ended up flying a projector out to our ship so that we could watch the movie in the hangar bay of our ship and they played it like seven times. And I think I went to probably <laughs> six of those. And first I didn't realize the movie was bad because it was so cool to have the movie in the middle of our hangar bay and yeah. able to watch it while it was still in the theater. I think the circumstances under which you see a film go a long way too. Yeah. So that's totally fair. And it, I have a hard time because The Phantom Menace, well, I... I don't like it, but there are jokes in it that have come to mean so much to me over the years. My dad's an IT guy, and he took me and my sister to see The Phantom Menace, or I went by myself, but there was one time where the three of us went, and he was so excited because he was one of the guys who made the servers down joke for the (laughs) battle droids. And, And the fact that that became a thing that was like... So many screenings of Phantom Menace, the minute all those droids went down, some guy would yell out, server's down. Yeah. And so, like, it has a little place in my heart that doesn't go away, even though, even when it came out, not that I thought it was a bad movie, but I do remember being disappointed because I was a massive Star Wars nerd. And I was deeply into the Thrawn trilogy and the expanded universe and i was so excited for new star wars and i remember that movie starting and just being like what the (laughs) when does this get good oh good it's getting good oh Oh. my god we slowed down again oh it's getting good it's good oh my god what's happening so it's just 
you know, I've mixed feelings, but I think seeing it in a hangar bay must have been so cool. It was pretty cool. It was very uncomfortable, but cool. <laughs> because I don't know if you've ever been on a, a ship of any sort in the U.S. Navy, but they don't put, like, smooth linoleum down. It's this stuff called... I, oh, I can't even think of what it's called. But it's very rough so that the planes don't look lose traction. Mm. So it's very rough and spiky. Mm. <laughs> Fun! Yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is there a pilgrim entering this tent? Why is there a pilgrim? Why is there a pilgrim entering this tent before Hawkeye? <laughs> okay, wait. Hold on. I'll go back here. Second 49. Okay. Uh... This nurse in the white looks like a pilgrim. Oh, oh, okay. I was she's like, got like I'm the, for the huge fluffy sleeves. So she's got the weird hat. Well, the weird hat's not really weird. I, mean, I know, like, but with the fluffy sleeves, it, it... clearly I've been in Bashland for too long. If I'm like that hat's fine, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just her. It's her surgery cap. Her her. They didn't have the blue elasticy ones like they do well, now. Well, the cap is fine, but why is she wearing these puffy sleeves? They're not. They're she's pushed up her sleeves. They, sleeves. Those go all the way down, and they have to be tight around the wrist because you don't want them. You don't want stuff going up your sleeve. Up your all right. Well, then it looks so, like her shirt is about eight sizes too big. Then it probably is. <laughs> let's face it. Is. <laughs> I once had a job for UPS and they made me, because I was a seasonal helper, and they gave me like a men's size 40 pants or something. And they like, I had to figure out a way to keep them on my body. And like, that was just... Megan, tell the best part of your story as a UPS delivery driver when your mom ambushed you on your room. Oh, that's right. I forgot pictures. about that. She ambushed me to take pictures. She was a proud mommy. Aww. And the sad bit is, it was like the first job I could get after I graduated from grad school. <laughs> and it was like, okay, fine, I need a job because I have student loans due. And, you know, I just got married and like, okay, I just need something. But it was like, why the hell is my mother taking pictures? Because <laughs> she was proud of you. I mean, I don't know. Did she think I was going to try to work my way up to be a driver? Because they can make really good money. But, uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and it's the worst picture, too, because, again, oversized pants that are barely staying on my body. I have on, like, the work steel-toed shoes. I think this needs to be it. posted in the... In I the... have... I'll have to see if this picture still exists. I also have on, like, a way-too-big-for-me men's ja- UPS yep. jacket as well. It's, like, the weirdest picture. I think the listeners deserve to see this picture now. <laughs> I need to I, I need to figure out where this picture is if I didn't burn it already. Yeah. Or my mom didn't accidentally delete it. It is kind of gross that they went straight from surgery into the mess tent and didn't take that off because that's her over, like, that's the grubs. I mean, that's what Duke gown, that's her surgical gown that she put on over it. And we do see them walking around outside the OR with that. But it's usually like, oh, they stagger out and they're like walking back to their tents. And you get the idea that these people go back to their tents and, you know, shower at that point. Right. And I definitely, I see the appeal of walking straight over to the mess tent and getting a cup of coffee. I do. I do not begrudge her. But hers are clean. They normally wouldn't be. Yeah, I was going to say, they look a little too clean. That's gross. Don't wander over. And you wouldn't have put that on beforehand. Like, she's coming from surgery. With yeah, that. you wouldn't go get it yeah. dirty and then come back to the clean ER to... Yeah. <laughs> infect yeah, people yeah. and we do get to see in the tv show a lot of times we see them scrubbing up where they change and gown mm-hmm. in the show yeah. so it doesn't seem like that would be a hard thing to untie and just kind of fling on the floor 
And then Orly would be annoyed and pick it up and put it in the laundry. <laughs> or is it one of those things like, you know, like Frank after a while, I mean, you know, he's all military discipline, but he's mm-hmm. even a little lax in his uniform. Is it just everyone else is like, you just get used to seeing yeah. it and you're like, Ugh, whatever. It's Ugh. funny. You mentioned the TV show and them scrubbing in. And mm-hmm. now all I can think of is 90% of my scrubbing in like memories mm-hmm. are Alan, Alan Alda scrubbing in and holding his hands in that awkward position while a nurse like dresses him or fixes his mask or something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the way up to your elbows with those hard brushes well that's why nurses always know the best lotion because they have to wash their hands so often that during the Mm -hmm. winter when their skin gets dry they always they know the good stuff Thomas, don't feel bad. Most of my medical knowledge comes from this show. And I've already said that <laughs> when I became a Catholic, the priest I had spent the most time with was absolutely William Christopher in a role on TV. So it, it's okay. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I did. I feel really bad that we've only got you for two minutes, but I did want to make sure that we hit at least one movie announcement so that I could make you tell that story. Of again. course. Of course. Now I see the, the trickery behind it all. It's okay. <laughs> She doesn't like me for my content, just for my story. <gasps> this is a podcast. The stories are the content. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we decided to be weird and not just do it by the week, right. which I'm finding delightfully random. Like, for some reason, because my brain can't get into a rhythm, it's just like, ooh, what's today? <laughs> and you're insane, by the way, for recording out of sequence. That's nuts to me. We're really not doing much. It just, the way scheduling gotcha. happened, it was like, all right, I'm not willing to fall two months behind. We're, yeah, folks, we're slightly out of order, but we're not that out of order. And no, I think we're back on track now. It's not like we did like the end credits and then we're like, okay, now we're starting over. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't someone say a suggestion for the Movies by Minutes podcast that is memento, but backwards? Oh, I think that's true. <laughs> that, that would be... <laughs> Which I have to admit, could, I've never really seen Memento, have... but so, I was wait, alive, so oh, I know oh, what Oh, I've seen Memento. It's an interesting movie. But then, is it a spoiler if you're starting at the end? Well, that's... Like you're going backwards? Yeah, I guess. Spoiler, we're going to find out how this part that we're talking about happened. Like, is that one of those podcast ideas that is a funnier idea than to actually do? Because um... I have a lot of those. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I just spent the last two minutes trying to spell memento backwards. <laughs> Wait, hold on, no, hold on. Memento backwards is Atnimum. <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't you have to call the podcast. We talk about things backwards. Yeah, the, the minute ends with this announcement, and it looks like Hawkeye cuts the line, because he grabs his mug and then he goes straight for the coffee, which, okay, actually, that's an excellent question, because my thing is, if you are in a line, and you are just getting something at the end of the line, and other people are getting things in between, you should be able to go just to that thing like Hawkeye does, but you know what happens when you do that? You get yelled at. You're speaking from experience, I take it. Yep. People <laughs> get real cranky, like, there's a line, I'm like, yeah. I know, but like, I'll be done by the like, time. Like, why do I have to wait for done? you to scoop mashed potatoes to go get some coffee? Yeah, this doesn't need to be a linear thing. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if people had strong feelings about that. No strong feelings. Apparently, some people in my building do. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly skip a line to get something I want that is not in order. 
Or like to reach over to grab a quick pastry or something when everybody's taking forever. Yep, I'll do that. You get such bad looks if you reach over someone's shoulder for something. Most of them start to give me a bad look and then realize how huge I am and they stop. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably helpful. (laughs) How dare... Oh, never mind. (laughs) Do we see him sit down this minute or is he just... I think he's He's just walking away, yeah. Okay, okay. I was trying to remember exactly what the shot is because, you know, I'm trying to stay on minute. But I feel like you really did get a sense of this movie, though, because <laughs> it's very Robert Altman-y. We've got a little bit of a crazy zoom, this amazing transition that's one long take. You see about half the cast. <laughs> Actually, between the two minutes, you've probably seen, what would you say, Megan, 80% of the cast? This whole scene is through the side of the tent which happens all the time in this movie, and it makes everything a little bit muddier, and a little bit murkier, and a little bit more war zonier. What I find is a little bit sad is how close they got to doing this whole scene in one shot. Like, they could have done it, probably. Zoomed in from where they were, and just continued as, as one complete shot and shooting through the tent would have worked well for that. And it's, it's a little bit sad that they didn't just make it like one continuous shot from the fishing all the way through the, the yeah. <laughs> tent. We see most of it. I, I, it's enough for me to be impressed. <laughs> yeah. And I got to see puppy kisses. What, what else we got? going on here? That's all I have. That's all I got. Thomas, there are two things. One we touched a little bit on, but I've been asking people kind of what their MASH experience was before I asked them to be on a podcast about it. Because you mentioned, you know, the movie was kind of on but not there, and you watched the TV show, so were, were you a fan? How, how did it come into your life? Oh, I loved watching MASH growing up. It was one of those things that you ended up seeing all the time on your days off from school or whatever, whenever you were sick. MASH was always playing on syndication, and I loved it. I loved a lot of the war movies and stuff, and I thought it was hilarious. I definitely stopped any time it was on just to watch them work. With the movie, like I said, I, I, I know I watched it once, and it was probably my grandpa who rented it for Blockbuster or something like that to watch it. And I thought it was going to be just like the TV show, and it wasn't quite, but it was still funny. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my history with it. <laughs> Definitely a different vibe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other thing was, since we are, unfortunately, kicking you out off the sofa here, if there is anything else in the movie that you wanted to talk about we we don't worry about spoilers or anything so. i think we covered most of it honestly the okay. biggest thing was wanting to to know for sure if if radar was radar uh <laughs> from the show that was like one of my big things yeah and radar is kind of the heart and soul like it's funny the last the last bit of the movie is radar and then it goes into the pilot which is radar <laughs> yeah so of all the recastings which do you think is your favorite oh um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I gotta say Alan Alda as Hawkeye is inspired. Hmm. I like Alan Alda, but I, I don't know. I, uh. Like, I prefer the new Hot Lips. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, okay. I mean, not that Margaret in this film isn't wonderful in her own special. Uptight way. And I dislike the 80s Farrah Fawcett haircut the TV show Margaret has at one point because 
come on, that's not even pretending to be 1950s, but I like Loretta Swiss. She was just so commanding, and she didn't take crap from anybody. I love that about her. No, and then when she kind of mellows out, if you will, um, which I know some people didn't like at all, but I kind of like how she kind of goes through this, like, 70s feminist evolution, basically, in a lot of seasons, right? She becomes a person, (laughs) y'all. It's amazing. It's amazing. Women are what yeah you can tell duke didn't make it to the tv show because he never learned that lesson (laughs) it's definitely a different beast but i'm glad you didn't hate it because we have actually done that to a couple people already (laughs) they're like why why we're like sorry this is definitely enjoyable my favorite was our guest was like this was my favorite tv show growing up and now i realize i hate it and i'm just like oh Oh, no no. (laughs) i'm so we broke it. <laughs> we made you think about it and we broke it. Stop breaking <laughs> things. I always said MASH is my favorite TV show because it ran for so long because the episodes are so different. No matter what mood you are in, there is an episode of MASH for you. Uh, yes. So true. So people can find more of us loving MASH <laughs> while still critiquing it uh, fairly. I like to think. Hopefully, that's what people are getting. We have the website mashminute.com, which has links to all our social media. At mashminute at, on Twitter and on the on the gram. That's what the kids call it. The IG. <laughs> the IG. I always call it IG, but that's um, just because I do social media for my workplace. And it's easier putting IG than writing out Instagram every freaking time. <laughs> and then we have a listeners group on Facebook called the Post Ep Listeners Board. Get it? Get it? Everyone get the yes. joke? Everyone get the pun? Instead I'm of real post proud op, of that. It's post up. Very good. Very good. I always have to think when I say that. Like, wait, post. No, it's not. We didn't do ourselves any favors naming yeah, it. We that. Maybe we should have done like post deprivation. <laughs> too far. You went too far. <laughs> and Thomas, if people want to listen to more of us together, they can do. All 116 episodes, or no. Whoa. What, all, this is what's 116 episodes. They can listen to all 94 episodes of The Never Ending Minute. And that's on Twitter at NevenMin, N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. See, it just comes back so naturally. <laughs> uh, but you are also still podcasting. Yes. So feel free to plug away. All right. So if you're looking for me, check out Instagram for... Awesome pictures of my daughter's cosplays and some other stuff. And they then, are great. <laughs> and also on Twitter. And both of those are at the Wookie Lives. Learn to spell it right or you'll never find me. <laughs> also, check out my actual play D&D podcast called Crit Stormcast. And if you Google Crit Storm, you should be able to find us everywhere. You can find us on Twitter there. You can find our, our actual website there. And if you want to find us on Instagram, we're there as well. I keep saying I want to play D&D, but I already do a podcast. So you made the best of both worlds where you do a podcast about D&D. Exactly. So you can only get yelled at for spending so much time on your hobby. <laughs> I don't know what we'll talk about tomorrow other than it will involve minute 34 of the movie MASH. That is my promise to you, the listener. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on, ladies. This was a genuine pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Of course.